When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Announcement has been paid for by the Spike Week order. Hey yo, everyone's been asking me, Rob, what is the Spike Week Royal Rumble winner going to get? Well, listen here, monkey boys. Take a look down here. You see this? Cameraman, switch back to color. Zoom in a little bit. This is the Spike Week order championship belt. And what's gonna happen is the winner of this best ball contest is gonna win this bad boy right here. So they get to take this home. But the thing is, it's gonna be me. No one else. Survey says, another one for the bad guys. The preceding announcement was paid for by the Spike Week Order. That's a fun, that's a that's a much more fun intro than all the other intros uh, <laughs> that we usually have. Um, I'm glad we, we did that. I'm glad I'm here for tonight i'm excited for the show but for a quick teaser for anybody that hasn't been paying attention to the spike week twitter to rob's twitter to my twitter or whatever we're doing a a a really fun event i think that everybody is really going to enjoy and uh, you got to see the belt that uh rob purchased the championship so i'm very excited for that go ahead go ahead at spike week clearly what we do is buy a $300 title <laughs> immediately spray paint it because what else are we supposed to do? Right? So the winner of this contest, you know, the names that have already been announced are Eric, myself, Peter Overzet, uh, Gretchen Siegel are going to be a tag team. Those damn banana boys, Pat, Pat Corain's going to like freeze halfway through the draft at some point. Freeze frame uh, Corain, right? Freeze That's frame Corain. It's it's the name. It seems to be the one that's sticking most out of all that's of good. them. It's People really seem good. to enjoy that one. <laughs> so yeah, freeze frame. Corrine's going to be in there. Um, Liam Murphy, he's in there as well. Uh, did we announce Davis? Davis kind of like announced himself. I actually don't know. I actually don't know if we announced <laughs> Davis. He's so little. He's so little. He falls through the cracks yeah. of uh, of these of the of these things. But. I'm I'm super excited. The more we get into kind of some of the obviously fun promo material, I think it's I think it's going to be awesome. So we got a belt ready. We've done some of the announcements. You've seen Rob get hit with a chair by Peter. You've seen uh, DDTs. You've seen all sorts of fun fun stuff already going on. And there's there's only more to come. So we wanted to start tonight with a little intro to what is to come on a, a fun event, a best ball Royal Rumble. Um, this summer, but let's just get it. Let's let's hit the intro to this one. Let's reverse, reverse. Let's hit in. Let, let's hit the intro to this one. And then we'll get into some more fun, uh, specifically around NFC offenses. And uh, you saw Justin Fields on the thumbnail, so you know it's going to be a wild one. <laughs>
real quick before we hop in, Felix says uh, the Spike Week order. If you if you haven't seen uh, some of the merch, I've been leaking some of the stuff, right? It's fun. I We get like the designs and everything and I get excited because I'm like, God damn it. I want that. I want that hat or I want that shirt, right? So I just post it on Twitter. I mean, I, there's I, not I, one that I don't like. Like, <laughs> and normally even with stuff I'm involved in, there's usually like one or two things I'm like, eh, I get it for other people. But legitimately, like no, no BS. Everything that you posted, I was like, oh, I need that. Oh, I need I that. I need that. I almost, I almost like so. Like, obviously, there's where I'm working on getting everything set up so everybody can go buy stuff from from the store. I'm doing the same typical thing that everybody else does, working through Shopify, whatever. I'm not a Shopify expert, uh, so like I'm figuring all that out amongst uh, amongst some some other things, and so. It's not up yet. It's not ready yet for people to buy. But even like just the the Spike Week hat that's like this, yeah, like in black with the Spike Week logo is smooth as hell. Yeah. And so I'm really really excited for all the merch. The Spike Week order was a brilliant idea, and I'm very excited about that. I have some other wrestling themed ideas and uh, uh, video game themed ideas, which obviously you see from right. like the Best Ball Bros stuff is a is a big uh, part of my inspiration. I'm clearly not that creative i like i have like we got the wrestling thing and the video game thing and like i can i can work off those ideas other than that i'm not i'm not very creative but the merch just to for anybody that's interested if you're watching this you're probably a, a sicko best ball degenerate like we are and we're we're gonna put out as much like fun merch like my my goal is not to make money off of that my goal is to be like if somebody wants a shirt with like a Right. Uh, I've never drafted a running back on yeah. it. Let's like, that's fun. Like the, we, let's grow the community through the merch kind of thing is the, the general idea. And so Tony, we're working on it. The spike week uh, order is the first hat I'm going to buy <laughs> my mine too, but that two zero fourteen two shirt. So was, good. Was Isn't so that good? good. That's so good. Um, do you, speaking of like the wrestling stuff and we're doing that for fun, obviously. And I think, I think it's just fun to add the element of trash talk and stuff into this yeah. and just, you know, instead of, you know, like, well, you know, Justin Fields, he throws 5.3 yards downfield. It was just like constantly. So like just trash talking with each other for fun is good. Do you want a quick behind the scenes story of the video I shot with Overzet? Yes, I, of course <laughs> I do. Because so like, I don't. We probably exchange. This is gonna make me sound like a dick. We probably exchanged numbers at some point over the course of the last. Right, we talked on the phone and all that kind yeah. of stuff. I'm really bad with all of that. I didn't save your number, so I just get a text message <laughs> that day that you guys are shooting that, and it was just like, "Hey, uh, you know, I forget exactly what you said, but it was like, obviously, we we don't communicate through text. We communicate through Discord or or Twitter or whatever um, right. in DMs and stuff, and so." It was like, hey, you know, I, I I haven't sent you a bunch of messages, but check out this video. And I'm like, who is this fucking person sending me? I'm like, I'm like, I think I have Pete's number and I think I have Rob's number, but it's an uh, it's not a number showing up, and it's just a video of you getting hit with a fucking chair <laughs> by by Overzet. And I'm just like, what is going on? I mean, it was an incre absolutely incredible video but uh it yeah. was a funny experience so I, we need to hear the and the people need to hear the background story too so you know obviously i've mentioned that me and overzet have the mutual friend mike but we've never met before so i said like before this whatever before, past we, weekend or we met the day that he hit me with the chair 
That was the day we met. So we meet. So like it was my it was this crazy weekend. I'm doing a convention. I'm at a convention all weekend. Pete's like, I can meet on Sunday at this time at this place. And I'm like, okay, um, cool. Thank you for shooting the video with me. I meet up with them and I'm like, here's my idea. We just met five seconds ago. I open the trunk of my car and I'm like, you're going to hit me with this steel chair. You know, first five minutes, you know, casual, just how you normally meet people. And he's like, uh, okay. And I look at him and I'm like, I think you, we've talked enough that you know that if I do something, I'm all in on it. Right. Like I just go balls to the wall with it. So I'm like, but you have to hit me. You can't, you can't, it has to look good. You have to swing. He's like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, let's just practice. I'm like, no, Pete, you're not going to hurt me. I've, you know, been into wrestling and, you know, fooled around since I was five years old. I know how to protect myself from a chair shot. It's still going to hurt a bit, but I'll be fine. So we do two takes. He's swinging it fine. Um, third take is the take that you see on camera. He doesn't hurt me, but I forget that I'm in my, you know, mid thirties and not 20 years old anymore. And I put my hands up too fast and I just feel everything rip on the left side of my body. And so he hits me with a chair. I go down. I'm dazed because I'm in like, I'm like, Oh no, I just pulled the muscle. And I hear him cutting the thing and I know I have to stand up and get hit again. So like, it kind of looks like I'm smiling when I stand up, but I'm just like kind of out of it. Not like, not like concussed or anything, but just like, ah. And so he hits me and I'm just like laying on the ground before that. I'm like, please, Pete, nail this promo because A, I have to no sell that I'm hurt. Like I didn't let him know I was hurt at all. And B, if he messes this up, I'm doing this again until we get it right. But I really don't want to. So <laughs> that is that is so good. And for obviously I have a little bit of the behind the scenes uh, look into things. And it's so the little nuances are so funny. Like the raw video clip, right? That you yeah. sent me was was after it's over, you just get smoked with a chair. <laughs> you're laying on the ground. Pete is not within camera view anymore. And yeah. you're still laying on the ground. And he just goes, Oh, I think that was the one. And you're <laughs> and you like and you like haven't gotten up yet. So like he yeah. doesn't even know that you're okay. <laughs> But you're and you were literally light, yeah. like lifeless on your back, just yeah. laying there like this. And he was like, Oh, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just and like the little I watched it multiple times, obviously. And just that little the little subtleties to like doing a clip like that were so good. I was just I was just absolutely dying. I was debating on putting together like a um like an outtakes thing for it i don't know yeah. i might do that but yeah it was good and i never let him know i was hurt like even after we were done i never i was like <laughs> he'll never do another video with us again if i show him that i like showed up and like you know injured, and i could barely move my arm for three days afterwards but worth it <laughs> yeah totally worth it it was so good and uh i mean shout out to the people like if you're watching and you've and you saw it maybe you shared it or whatever people were sharing it like crazy i really like that that means a lot um obviously you put a lot of hard work into it and <laughs> literally hard work you were taking chair shots to the head um <laughs> but it was cool to see people were like oh okay this is cool Th these guys are putting in something 
uh, putting in the work, but also doing something a little bit different. And so I'm very excited for the event. Obviously, we've been teasing it a little bit. We can't give away everything just yet, but right. I mean, you probably get a little bit of the gist. We're bringing in um, a lot of awesome best ball minds to, uh, you know, uh, a fun event, wrestling themed with a belt and all of that. So it'll be, it'll be really, it'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped for it. It'll be a lot of fun, and it combines the elements that I sort of thought best ball was missing a little bit last year, where your home leagues are fun, right? Because you're trash talking with your friends, and like that's part of the element of fun. And best ball is awesome, and I think it's the best format of fantasy. But where was the fun? Where's the trash talk? Where's that? Because that brings camaraderie, right? So if if we're getting more people you know, you see the audience sees these guys trash talking with each other all in fun, like no, no, like real hard feelings, no sour grape stuff. But yeah, I think that's something that we can bring that's missing. No, I mean, I, I, I've, I've done multiple, it's not even June and I've done multiple shows with Davis already as an example. Mm -hmm. And no one, no one likes to talk more. I mean, I was talking shit to Davis today. Right. Like that, 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 but to your point, there hasn't been a. Uh, also, if you can see, my dogs are literally going to be playing in this whole. <laughs> this whole episode is going to be them wrestling in the background. So hopefully, yeah. everybody gets to enjoy. This is what this is my life from about three p.m. Central Time to about six p.m. Central Time. They are going to wrestle. They're they they just turned six. It's actually their birthday today. Oh, happy birthday! Uh, uh, Griffey and Taz are their names. Now we're, we're really coming out with the, but this is so Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. As you see here, who's on the chair, his, his name is Griffey. Uh, the other one is, is Taz. Cause he's a fucking shit show <laughs> devil style, but they have all infinite energy. But I love, I love that angle. Like best ball really ha- kind of has everything we want fantasy football to have fantasy sports in general to have in terms of like, it's all the best stuff and like none of the bad stuff, right? Like I shout out to everybody that like enjoys doing waivers. That's not for me. <laughs> I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy I don't really think many people enjoy that. But so we get the draft, we get all the fun and we get millions of dollars worth of upside. But the one thing to your point that we don't get is like you draft in a 12 man room and then you're just drafting against hundreds of thousands of other people in that contest you don't get the kind of fun shit talking camaraderie right like the championship game with your home league high school buddies like that's fun maybe there's a punishment we have a punishment in my longest running um dynasty league like we're yeah we're trying to expand upon that all that stuff is right the waffle house thing all that stuff is really fun and that's what best ball is missing so hopefully we can provide a little bit of that and grow that moving forward and just to put a bow on this uh, Royal Rumble that we're doing, it's not something that's going to stop after the draft. We are going to continue right. building content around it. And I can't say what it is. It's not 100% yet, but I told you what it was. In October, we might have something like really fun to add to I it. Know. I think um, I think people will be excited because I I, th- I think that there's just like unlimited upside. Like we're, yeah. we're going to do something and people are going to see it. And I think it's going to be fun. But then it's it's like real wrestling, honestly, right. where so you have the world champion, you know, we have this belt. This is the the Royal Rumble is like the most fun format. So that's what we called it. But I, this would actually be kind of, you know, the, the actual world champion um, belt. 
you know, the, the, the world champion wrestler. But like, dude, like how many satellite leagues do you guys want to spin off? We'll run them. Well, well, you can stream them on this channel for all I care. Like, right. you, you know, like the upside is just making it a fun community event. Like you guys can play for the intercontinental title and you guys can play. We can do the tag. The, uh, what we should have kept Siegel and Gratch out. They can play for the tag team title. Right. They don't get to, if they're going to tag team it, we can put them in the tag team uh, draft or whatever. You know, everybody has a partner. But like just all that kind of fun, I think, is what we're trying. We're trying to do. And right. uh, I'm really I'm, I'm seriously, really, really excited for it. Yeah, me too. So today, oh, I, uh, Felix says, I believe in Rob's vision. Well, thank you very much. I have uh, I sometimes probably have too big of a vision, but, you know, <laughs> that's that's the mindset you have to have. Yeah. Um, yeah, so DJ. what are we doing today? So we are ranking the NFC offenses today. We did this in February, and we mentioned that we were going to do it again, like end of May, early June, and then we're going to do it one more time in August. And we're going to see after we're done doing this, you know, we'll go back at some point, either at the end of next week or the week after, and we'll look at what we had before and how much things have changed. And it's going to start with, the very first team and let me just uh you know share my screen here we can pull it up i'm terrified to see i'm actually i don't remember our rankings and stuff from before so i'm actually really fascinated to see how it turns out uh comparing the two well what i can tell you is the team we're starting with is already going to be a massive change for what i had in the beginning so we're just going to start with what you thumbnailed i decided and we'll start with the chicago bears and I had them high. I was big on the Bears last year. I brought up how I was big on them this year. And it all caveated around them rebuilding that offense, bringing in one of these wide receivers. Not that we knew that all these wide receivers were going to be changing teams, but we knew, you know, some of the bigger names were moving. And what did the Chicago Bears do? They bring in Vellis Jones from the 1934 Green Bay Acme Packers or something like that. So they have no other help. They didn't bring anyone in opposite Mooney that's going to do anything. Byron Pringle, what are we doing? Komet's fine. The backfield's okay. The offense as a whole, they needed that second that second weapon uh, on the outside. They had to have it. And they didn't do it. And it doesn't look like they're – they feel like a team uninterested in doing something, which is – bananas because they have a rookie i mean not a rookie quarterback but a quarterback on a rookie deal and like this is the time that you go for it like if you're gonna play around a rookie quarterback you go for it and they're like nah we're just gonna chill and just like you know so either they don't believe in fields or they just believe that they couldn't compete this year this was one of the most frustrating parts for sure as a as a i think as a any best ball drafter really like even if you didn't believe necessarily in justin fields um or believe in the franchise there was very clearly you know fields has already flashed the upside in a disastrous situation i mean alan robinson was just out there not giving a shit last year darnell mooney was like the alpha wide receiver on this offense and so to your point the idea of bringing in someone else 
who could be the 1A, 1B with Darnell Mooney. We have another, maybe in, theoretically Cole Komet takes a leap. Maybe even there's other additions that are made, right? We improved the offensive line. The upside was just so very clearly there. And they did absolutely nothing. None of them. Like there was a checklist of like five things that they, they had to do. If they did like three of them, we would be sitting here and be like, give me stacks or give me death. Right. It's like they didn't even have to do all of it. They did zero. Like, like they, 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 the offensive line isn't really much better. The weapons, like you said, it was Byron Pringle and Valus Jones. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything realistically to improve this offense. However, I think they're the most interesting conversation because look at these motherfuckers. They're the most interesting conversation because when we get into specifically underdog and DraftKings tournaments, mm-hmm. the playoffs and particularly, hey, zip it. Uh, Jesus. Uh, week 17, right, is like the most important thing. They yeah. played the Detroit Lions in week 17. And it's yeah. like we have a low expectation for them for the whole year. Mm-hmm. But if if Justin Fields still has upside and Darnell Mooney still has upside and maybe Bayless Jones is a uh, 18th round pick, right? Khalil Herbert, I like I kind of like Khalil Herbert as like a handcuff or whatever. That balancing act of man, if you have Bears in Week 17 against the Lions, you're probably gonna feel good. But how, which which do, do they suck so bad? Yeah, but do they suck so bad the whole year? that like there's no chance of you even getting them there to week 17. And to that point, there's one more thing I want to bring up with them because this this applies to a few different teams we'll be talking about over this. Um, I'm going to bring up a bye week thing. And I know you love talking about bye weeks, but oh, my favorite subject. It's it's a different aspect of it. And the aspect that I'm going to bring up is their bye week is week 14. Okay. So where are you on these teams that have the week 14 bye week? Because if you're deciding that, let's say that you're making Justin Fields your second quarterback, right? Say mm-hmm. you went, I don't know, Jalen Hurts, and you were decided that you're going to double back with Justin Fields. Now week 14, you are, you have to have Hurts produce. You don't have that little backup, you know, quarterback just in case to, to that little safety net. I don't, you know, the bye week thing about the whole, you know, you can't have three running backs on the same bye week. It's like, whatever, I don't care about that. But when it's week 14, that's the playoffs. And I think it hurt some teams real bad last year when Jonathan Taylor was out on week 14 and they're trying to advance. Oh, and spoiler alert, Jonathan Taylor on week 14 bye again. So when we're on these teams that are already like questionable more so and like players that were like sort of questioning, it's like, oh, the Bears, yeah, they get Detroit in Week 17, but how am I going to get a Chicago Bears stack to Week 17 when I can't even use their points in the first round of the playoffs? Well, it's not the playoffs, right? 15, Is it 14? 16, 15, 16, 17. Isn't 14? I think no, there was they, four they, rounds. Four, no, three rounds. 15 is Week 1, so oh, the regular okay. season is 1 through 14. However – to, to your point, so it was last year where where I would almost guarantee your this is coming from. It was on what FFPC main event, I okay. believe, was 
that that week was included. That's right. That's right. And so it was a huge issue. As you said, Jonathan Taylor was like, like people forget that too, that like, Oh, look, Jonathan Taylor was a second round running back. That was the RB one. It's like, everybody loved Jonathan Taylor. Like, no, there wasn't a tout on the planet that said anything negative about Jonathan Taylor. It was just that a Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson got hurt like close to the season that tanked mm-hmm. his AD. And on FFPC specifically, he was literally on a bye during the fucking playoffs. And so that like matters. I how much I have no idea, but it it, it matters. And so um I think it's a it's a really interesting thought experiment, generally speaking, around around the bye week stuff. I'm just I'm not my my mind is not prepared for like full on bye week shit. Like <laughs> listen, like 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 when when people when people like I talked about it a little bit with Silas the last time we did a, a draft stream, and dude, listening to the people try to do the mental gymnastics on the bye week stuff is like really entertaining oh, and, and but also painful for me. So oh. I'm I'm currently just mostly trying to um, avoid it. If you I, what I will say, if you have a 17th round quarterback that you know is going to get 20 points a week, I would like to know who that is. So can you DM me? Because right. that's what everybody keeps saying is if I draft two quarterbacks on the same buy, I'm giving up 20 to 25 points. And I say, okay, that makes sense. Tell me what 17th round quarterback is going to get 20 points because I'm, I'm still going to only draft two quarterbacks. I'm just going to draft that motherfucker. Right. I'm not going to draft. You know, I don't want Dak Prescott if Kenny Pickett is going to give me 25 points every week. Yeah, you of know? course. <laughs> I mean, and we've seen it because the quarterback value has rise so much this year as opposed to it was last year. I won't get into that yeah. whole discussion again, but the guy, the guys are way more valued than they were last year. Um, yep. So let's go ahead and rank the bears. I'm on. What are we doing here? I think you're a little higher than me. So I'll, I'll, I'll lean your way on it. Cause I I'm just, I'm flabbergasted what they, what they did in the off season. And maybe I'm overly biased by that. So, so my, my big thing, and I think I talked about this a lot over the course of this, this off season is how heavily I'm focusing on week 17. Mm-hmm. And, there are X teams that got big boosts for me when the schedule came out and the bears were one of them. I was really not interested. <laughs> like uh, Darnell, Mo- like why do I give a shit about Darnell Mooney? You know, Justin Fields was whatever. Certainly not excited about David Montgomery, etc. Cole Komet is like, whatever, just total whatever tight end. Right. But you get the Detroit lions in, in the last, and I like the lions too. I like DeAndre Swift. I like TJ Hawkinson. I like Jameson Williams, etc. And so it just sets up for, I would probably put them in one-off most drafts because um, I'm not like going super crazy stacking them. Although I do like, um, you know, a Fields Mooney or a Fields Comet stack or whatever, but it's more so the one-off spot. Yeah, I, I can see that. I understand. I understand the thought process behind it. It's just, who are the guys? And for me, it's like it's like Mooney, I guess, Komet, I guess, Herbert, I guess, and that's Vailous. kind of it. Vailous uh, season, dude, baby. No, well, I mean, come on, what are we doing? <laughs> the th- the thing I'm most looking forward to of this entire NFL season 
as to rooting for Valus Jones. I, I mean, I don't, I don't really know anything about Valus Jones, nor do I give a shit about him. He's like older than me, I think. And I, I, I'm not like, you know, passionate about this guy as a football player, but everyone in fantasy football has buried this dude. And we do, we will, we will put sky more in the seventh fucking round. I will get to that next week. And, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and we will, because we like sky more and he lands in a spot we like. Then Valus Jones lands in a spot where his competition is Byron Pringle and Daz Newsome. And because we don't like him, we we bury him. He's, he right. doesn't even get drafted in every draft. And he has zero competition to, to any targets. And so um, I am drafting Bayless Jones. So Well, you know, we'll see. Velas Jones and the Bears should be happy because this is the longest anyone's ever going to talk about him for the entire season. So, so we got them on one off maybe every five drafts. So now we are on to the Green Bay Packers. Where are you with them? There, I think they're uh, we're we're hitting the the heavy hitters in terms of uh, the tough ones. Yeah, to start the toughest ones for sure. Yeah, they they I, I am I am very different I think than the market on the green bay packers i'm largely out on the packers and mm-hmm. so it would be probably one off maybe every five drafts if i had to put them in a, in a bucket because i'm not completely avoiding them um mainly the running backs uh jones and and dylan just to mix in they also make for good pairings again you'll probably hear me say the week 17 thing a lot but i like justin jefferson obviously who doesn't and right. so having having a uh, little mini correlations with him in week 17 is something I'm interested in, but in general, I, I, I don't think the market, like maybe I'm just absolutely crazy. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time and nothing matters. But if you take away maybe the best wide receiver in football, give or take with Devonte yeah. Adams and the guy who was getting like 35% of the team targets and you, it's one thing to like do what the chiefs did where like they brought in Juju, they brought in MVS, they drafted a guy, you know, they, they did a bunch of other stuff and they already had Travis Kelsey. The mm-hmm. Packers replaced Devonte Adams with Christian Watson and Sammy Watkins and Sammy Watkins might not make the team. And so it is a mess and I'm kind of like out on them for fantasy. Like I said, a little bit of the running backs, but they're they're definitely not one off most drafts. They are closer to what are we doing than they are to one off most drafts. Yeah. So for me, I'm in that in between range as well. I'm on board with Aaron Jones just because I think his workload is going to be as long as much as he can handle this year. And the other guy that I do like from Green Bay is Tanyan. Uh, just where you can get him in the draft where I think that Aaron Rodgers has always been that who do I who do I trust guy he's going to trust Tanya and he had what 10 touchdowns the last full season that he played something similar close to that yep. so the the question with the offense is how often they get to the red zone so that he actually gets those opportunities right right that's um, my part of the concern it's not it's right. not what role Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon both have i feel confident in them and confident in them as football players it's the if aaron Rodgers runs the play clock down to one every single snap right and he doesn't have Devontae adams anymore 
how many points are they going to score? Yeah, let's get controversial. Let's put them in. What are we doing? Because yes, that's let's fun. go. I love it. All right, so I will hit on the Vikings you first. Do the Vikings, yeah. And I'm going to start with Justin Jefferson. And my Justin Jefferson point, whether we did the NFC or AFC, I was going to get to this this week. So the question usually at the four or five turn in best ball right now is, are you taking Jefferson or are you taking Chase, right? In general, drafts break a little different here and there. Uh, I love Justin Jefferson. I think he's great. I think he's one of the top, obviously, receivers in the game. I want him on my team. However, just in a vacuum, I look at, and maybe this is recency bias from what he did last year in week 17, if I need either Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase to score me 40 points one week, it's Jamar Chase. I just think he has more upside on a per-week basis, like on a single-week basis, I should say. So right now, I'm taking Chase over Jefferson, and then when I have the five spot, Jefferson's already gone, so I'm getting Chase. So I'm going to be underweight, I think, on Jefferson this year. I don't love it. It's not a thing that I enjoy, but <laughs> but just based off of like my feelings on that, it's like I'm sort of taking a stand that I don't want to take, and maybe in the next month or two, I'll, I'll figure out a way to uh, counteract that, but... I love I love the Vikings. I mean, for the most part, I I'm real big on KJ Osborne late in drafts, the 14th round or whatever. Thielen goes down. We saw what Osborne can do. He can absolutely light up a game. All we need him to do is have one or two of those games late in the season, and he goes nuts, and we blast off there. Thielen, I'm hair there on him, and I love Madison. So, yep. I'm kind of almost stacking but not going out of my way but i'm probably more one-off in most drafts but i leave almost every draft with some some sort of minnesota viking yeah me too i like irv smith some people some people don't seem to like irv, irv very much and and I, I somewhat understand it it's kind of like the we've been trying the irv smith thing for many years and it hasn't hit yet but that doesn't mean that the um ideology of him is wrong um his only competition for targets is, I mean, Justin Jefferson, obviously, but right. a, a very, very old Adam Thielen. And KJ Osborne is fine, but he's not. If KJ right. Osborne is is your target competition, you're probably in pretty good shape relative to um, other NFL offenses. The only thing I would say about Jefferson is I pulled up the, the game logs between him and Chase. And so Chase had the in half point PPR. So for underdog purposes specifically, yeah. Chase Chase had the obviously had the fifty the fifty ball in mm-hmm. the championship week, which is like that's a thing, and we have to take that into account. But he he scored thirty fantasy points one time outside of outside of that game. Justin Jefferson also scored thirty fantasy points twice. So he didn't have the fifty point game. But he right. had a 30, 33 point game and a 30 point game. And Chase had a 50 point game and a 30 point game. And Jefferson outscored him over the course of the entire season. I'm not saying that any of that really means anything, but I do think it's possible. It's like a, a smidge of variance in terms of the true raw ceiling between the two guys. And um, I am actually taking Jefferson over Chase. And so we're like, I mean, they're literally 
it's razor thin, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, who am I to to argue I, about my fifth overall pick versus my fifth overall? They're 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 all. I want them both. I'm not. Right. I'm not. I'm. At, I refuse to go into the start of the season like being underweight. Those two guys basically is my is my theory on on them. I want both of them. Yeah, and I and like I said, I need to find a way to make Justin Jefferson onto more of my lineups probably. But for now, I just I'm underweight and it, it makes me a little nervous. So for me, I guess it's technically one off in most drafts because I'm not really going out of my way to get cousins or multiple Vikings, but it's it's literally every draft I have a Viking just about. So I think I think most most is fine because Jefferson is a priority for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thielen is Thielen is whatever. I'm actually taking Thielen a little bit, and then Madison is a priority for me. And then you mix in Irv Smith, you mix in KJ Osborne. That that adds up to most drafts. All right, let's get into another. This whole division is pretty interesting, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Let Let's get into the Detroit Lions, and you've already kind of teased your stance on them a little bit, but if you want to dive in a little more on them, they're that. I talked to, uh, about the week 17 game. And so I won't really hit on that too much more. I guess I, I will. The bears, the bears defense is also, in my opinion, not getting like we've, we've projected the bears as like a good defense for many years. And I don't think we should project them as a good defense this year. And so that's a, in my opinion, uh, obviously we're many months out projecting that can be, um, volatile, but, it's something we should project as a positive for the Lions in Week 17 playing the Bears defense. No Khalil Mack anymore. Um, they're just, frankly, not very, not very good. They we talk about that they didn't invest in the offense. They didn't have draft picks either, and they didn't really have that much salary cap. So like they they just kind of didn't invest in anything. Right. That was my <laughs> they point. Invest, they, what, yeah, did, they, what do they do? <laughs> they just thing. they just suck actually is like for real <laughs> life for real life the bears are going to be terrible so like yeah. if you're taking this as like a, oh we're drafting the bears it's not because we think they're going to win games actually quite the opposite they're not going to win games but they are hopefully going to be in a little bit more advantageous scoring environments the lions are like that on steroids last year Look, I'm a Jared Goff hater. I'm still a Jared Goff hater. But all this team did was produce fantasy results in every single game they played last year. They Dan Campbell drinks, you know, a gallon of coffee before the game on Sunday mornings, and he's not going to quit, right? He's not going to pull an Arthur Smith and just start running the ball down 14 in the third quarter. They're, they're, trying, they're kicking on sides to start the second half down by 14 or 17 or 21 or whatever. He doesn't play around. And I love that. I love, and then I love the direction that they're going with their team, obviously other than quarterback, but they're, they're building for the future. They're probably building for a first round quarterback next year in, in the draft. You have Amon Ross St. Brown, who obviously took a huge leap. Deandre Swift is clearly a star in the backfield. TJ Hawkinson is uh, as our friend, Evan Silva would say the motherfucking Mackey award winner. At, at tight end, they, they paid DJ Chark a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. There's talent everywhere. You add in Jamison Williams. They trade up for a superstar, crazy athlete in Jamison Williams. And so 
they are a team I just want to have. I like I just want to have Lions on my team. I have no idea. You tell me amongst those like five guys or whatever who it's going to be. Even say Jamal Williams or something like that as a right. backup running back. Right. I have, but I, I don't know who it's going to be. But I think that they did not improve their defense. They showed a willingness to remain competitive and they have so much talent on offense that the only limiting factor and an elite offensive line, I didn't even talk about the offensive line. It's like an awesome offensive line. It's just Jared Goff and kind of the stink of him and the lions on any of these guys. I think we just want to smash all these guys. So it's the problem is I'm not taking Jared Goff. So I would put them in one off most drafts, but if I were to like say, where could they go? It's not down. It's only up on this list. So for me, they're almost like the Vikings. They don't quite have that Jefferson player, obviously. But when I leave a draft, I have a Detroit Lion on my team most of the time. And it's because of what you said. It's There's five to 87 guys that you're like, okay, it could be one of these guys. And they're all relative cost effective on your draft. Yep. So you're getting them like, you're like, oh, Hawkinson in the ninth round for a tight end sometimes. Awesome. I'll take him. And then the thing about that is as much as I can't stand Jared Goff either, I think he's terrible, but you're getting him in this 15th, 16th round. So you're, you're tripping into a stack. You're not even like, it's, you're never going in. Like I am going to stack the Detroit lions this time. It's, <laughs> right. it's, Oh, I got Hawkinson in the ninth. I just got, um, I don't know, Chark in the 13th or something in that mm-hmm. wheelhouse. And then you're like, oh, well, now I can get Jared Goff. And now yeah. I just complete that stack without trying to. Like, And so for me, it's kind of the epitome of stack, but don't go out of my way because I'm just falling into these stacks. Uh, but if it's not that, it's one off in most drafts. It's not worse than that right now. Yeah, it can't, it, it, it can't go below one off and one off in most drafts. So I'm totally fine with stack, but don't go out of the way. I'm not really taking Jared Goff, but I also, I understand why people, why, why people would. And I take dusty low upside quarterback sometimes too. So uh, it's never a plan and it's usually a third quarterback, right? So if you're right. doing a three quarterback build, I think he's like the perfect third quarterback. Uh, so let's get into Tampa who we were really low on last time. I think we were even down in the, what are we doing? category because the whole team was in shambles and we even said at that point like things could turn around with them and (laughs) things turned around in a big way they got brady coming back they got evans they got godwin they're bringing pretty much the whole band back together you got russell gage who isn't quite antonio brown but he's not going to you know strip in the middle of a game and run off the field (laughs) and gronk is probably coming back so you get this whole – oh, and Fournette. We didn't even mention Fournette. And they they think they upgraded the backup running back. Yep. So, I mean, they're gone down from that to – I'm just going to say they're at stack, but don't go out of my way on them because you're getting Brady at a cost-effective price in terms of quarterbacks right now. So, he's not our typical archetype guy that we like to get. But with the quarterbacks going so high now – I don't hate it if I fall into them and I, and it makes sense. So I don't mind having to, even if I don't have Brady, I don't mind having two Buccaneers on my team, especially in that division. No, hundred um, percent. I'm more one-off most drafts because I don't really take Brady at, at cost, but I'm not going to like, 
shame anybody that is that is taking Brady. Um, I like Evans. I like I even like Lenny. I like Godwin. I like Gronk. I like Gage. I, Rashad yeah. White is one of my highest owned running backs. To your point, um, you know, if something were to that, that's my style of guy, right? The handcuff to the to the running back on the awesome awesome offense. And so, I mean, that it's I I would bet if you went through my rosters. Most drafts have the bucks, but I don't stack them as much. So I would put, yeah, that's, that's where I would put them. Yeah. We'll put up a one off most drafts. I'm fine with that, but the stacks are fine with me on them as well. So where are you on hmm. this fun team? The new Orleans saints. We've uh, this, it's funny. They, they uh, came up in the discord fairly recently. And um, I think it's maybe been a, multiple years now that I've been a little bit different than the market. And I think if, if, if Jameis Winston wasn't the quarterback of the new Orleans saints, I feel like the market would be a lot more in line with how I view them. But there's this guy who was this crazy gunslinger, right? Everybody knows how Jameis plays. He's Mm -hmm. wild and crazy and makes some just truly idiotic throws and idiotic mistakes gets benched. But he would did that on this these old school Bucks teams that like had terrible defenses and threw the ball fifty times a game. Then he goes to New Orleans, and I feel like the market brings this sentiment about Jameis to New Orleans when the Saints, even though Sean Payton is gone, it's still largely the same coaching staff and the, it's definitely the same front office and everything in place. And what I think they want to do is continue, just keep trudging along, run the ball play defense. The last thing they want is for Jameis to like make a bunch of mistakes and lose them games that they can win because they have a really good defense and they do have a good offensive line still, even though it's getting a little bit worse, but like I, 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 they're like a one-off maybe every five drafts. I'm not totally uh, ignoring them. They also have a weird situation with Kamara and like, I haven't taken Kamara yet with the suspension nope. thing and the the issues that are going on with him. I, I don't really love Michael Thomas. I, I get the case for Michael Thomas, but I don't really love him with who knows what's going on with him. So it turns into like Olave, um, maybe a little bit of, of, you know, the ancillary wide receivers, if you want to mix in Troutman or something. So maybe every five drafts, but it's, it's closer to what are we doing than one off most drafts. I'm what are we doing here with this team? Because everything you just said, I was already out on them last year when they had Sean Payton and everything. I I made it a point to avoid the Saints. And it's not a knock on Kamara. It's just for every reason you just said, the way that coaching staff was going to want to play. And we have to take that into account sometimes. I know we like players and stuff, but we got to remember who they're playing for sometimes. And we'll get to that with Dallas later. But we have to remember who these guys are playing for. And you nailed it perfectly what the Saints want to do. So Winston doesn't do anything for me. I don't care if he's a, if he can be a gunslinger. They won't let him. He's, I don't care that he's hobbling on the field too much right now. It's May, June tomorrow. But, I mean, <laughs> like, whatever. So, like, none of that matters. The, and the only thing I'm a little pissed off about with the Saints is for two weeks I had a take ready to go on them that's gotten stolen over the last week which was the only guy in the Saints I was going to take specifically on underdog was Taysom Hill because I could get him in the 17th or 18th round 
and just kind of sneak him in there as the tight end that's probably not going to just play tight end. <laughs> and now all of a sudden he's getting steamed up by other people, and I'm seeing him going like the 15th, 16th round. Davis Maddock hasn't posted a team on Twitter that hasn't had Taysom Hill on it. Oh, my God. It's driving me crazy. I, I, <laughs> I, I had it ready to go. I'm like, no one's talking about it. It's a little, you know, stashed away thing. I'm mm-hmm. grabbing them here and there in the 18th round. And then all of a sudden, like, you guys know that Taysom Hill's going to be playing tight end. And uh, <laughs> he's eligible as a tight end on underdog. What are we doing here, guys? And just boom, automatically two, three rounds. So I'm what are we doing here with them? I just you can't. I'm cool with that. I, I just don't know who you can talk me into on that team right now. So is the value and, and, and the value is like Jarvis Landry. And it's like someone paint me a picture how Jarvis Landry is winning me best ball. Best that, ball yeah. Tournament. And that's because I, I can't find it. And I, and I think he's a great, well, great's not the right word, but I think he's a really good NFL wide receiver. Yep. He's a guy you want on your team, but not on your best ball team. Yep. You know, he has to be for a very specific build where like you need, uh, just real consistent play from a wide receiver just to help you get through the season. And God, give favorite. me 10 points. Yeah. Give me right. 10 or 12 points. Yeah. Right. So Atlanta, I'm not quite <laughs> as down on them as I am on the saints, but it isn't far away. They have some better weapons on this team. Obviously Pitts is a guy that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake London, correct. Is the other guy that we'd be yep. looking at. But other than that, Algier? I mean, I guess. Yeah. I'm not taking Cordero Patterson where he's getting drafted. That felt if, – if there was ever a this is a one-season rocket ship, it was that. <laughs> right? Like, there's no way he repeats what he did last year. I think, I think the only thing with him is it's in the range of outcomes that we saw how good he can be used in this kind of crazy hybrid role. And um, – if they do maybe actually rein back his, you know, uh, carries at the 50 yard line in between the tackles. Like I, I don't want, like I'm not drafting him in the eighth round or whatever to get three yards at the 46 yard line. Like no one gives a shit about that. You want him to catch passes and maybe get the ball at the goal line. And so he's, I don't have a lot of him. We talked about him again also in discord today. And um, I don't really have that crazy strong of an uh, opinion on him, but he, he, he probably has the widest range of outcomes. One of the widest outside of rookies, obviously, but like, I can't think of anyone that has a wider range of like he could come in and get 10 carries a game and like six targets. And I wouldn't be surprised. And he could come in and get zero carries and play like 18 snaps. And I wouldn't be surprised. Like I have no idea. I don't have any idea, but just to polish it up, they're somewhere between mo- one-off most drafts and one-off maybe every five drafts. Five drafts. I am obviously in on Kyle Pitts. I am in on Drake London. Um, I took a, actually posted a team to Twitter today that I took Brian Edwards in the in the last round, but it has a lot. It has mostly to do with they're all free besides Pitts. All of them. The whole yep. offense is free. And they play Arizona in week 17. So it's not yeah. anything profound. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And I'm kind of the other two. I'm like one off maybe every five drafts. And then what are we doing? So I think, think just for uh, yep. what makes Pitts. sense. We'll... 
Pitts probably gets you there. Pitts and London probably and, and Algier yeah. just them. Even if you don't want CPAT or like Damien, I took Damien Williams like once or twice. Even if you don't want those guys, you probably get to every five drafts just through Pitts and London themselves. Exactly. Cause I do have Pitts. I do have London. I do have Algier. I don't know if I took any other Falcons at this point. And I don't know if I will, to be honest. Yeah. Yep. So we are on to the Carolina Panthers. And this is your so, turn to go first. Oh, man. I think they are in one-off most drafts. And they're such a fun um, thought experiment because no one is projecting, nor am I, their offense to be awesome. Certainly not, right? We are expecting Sam Darnold to be back, and it's third-round Matt Corral if if Darnold um, can't take the job. They have two total clown shoes for for head coaches so like uh you know a, a head coach and an offensive coordinator so yep. we're not excited about any of that however that has basically been the case in carolina for years true bad quarterback play bad coaching they fired joe brady joe brady was like the only thing they had going for him and they fired him and all christian mccaffrey does is be christian mccaffrey like we can hate on the injuries i'm i'm not if you have differing opinions on him as, you know, a top three pick because of aging running backs and all that. Trust me, I can appreciate that, but he has the most upside of any player in the player pool, like raw, you know, fantasy point upside just through his usage. Right. And that he's been, he, he was the RB one with Kyle Allen at quarterback. Why is this different? Someone explained to me why this, the only thing that's different is health for him. And DJ Moore is the same way. All DJ Moore does is smash. Honestly, Robbie Anderson had maybe the worst season you could possibly have given his usage last year. But if you look at his usage, he's way undervalued, like way undervalued. And then you get Deonta Foreman, who's basically just the handcuff to CMC, who I really like too. So that it's probably most, it's again, same thing every five or, or most. And I think that they're pretty undervalued, obviously, other than CMC. Imagine being Robbie Anderson and think and having the balls to say who you do and do not want to be your quarterback after <laughs> the season you had last year. Right. Now we, we don't want Baker Mayfield. Like, I mean, I understand, but like, who who the hell are you after you like crawled down the field the entire year and did nothing? Like, who any quarterback would have been an upgrade over what you were after the you know the initial run with Darnold when he got hurt and they were rolling out cam newton's corpse and you know the guy that played pj walker yeah pj walker who come on xfl yeah yeah yeah. when you're starting an xfl quarterback it's bad like that's that's a tough scene yeah so it's you said that they're a fun thought experiment they scare me to death because yes the health stuff with cmc the coaching staff change is there going to be a major philosophy change on him i don't think you can but We've seen these coaches overthink shit on multiple occasions. So that's kind of like the stuff that I'm worried about. I'm still taking CMC. I'm still taking DJ Moore. It's just who else are we taking from Carolina at this point? I know some people are taking Dante Foreman late. Just, you know. I love Foreman. Yeah, and I don't hate it. Um, So, like, that's fine. But I don't know. They're they're, five. Five. They're five. Yeah, and it's not it's nothing malicious against CMC or DJ Moore. It's just like 
if it's not every five drafts you're getting one of those two, then you're probably going too far out of your way to get DJ yeah. Moore. You know what I mean? So, because yeah. CMC is kind of locked into where you're going to get them. You know it's going to be the two or the three spot, and DJ Moore is kind of the one that you have to look at there. So Yeah, it, it would only be Robbie and Foreman that could get you up one tier, I think. Right. And how, how, how villy your target, like, cause you just can't get above every five with CMC and DJ Moore. But if you like love Robbie and Foreman, you might get to most. So yeah, splitting hairs. Right. Uh, so I get to pull the Eagles first. Yeah. I'm just going to say this is, I don't want the Eagles. I'm happy you have the Eagles. This is my first give me stacks or give me deaf team. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we get AJ Brown on the team. I've said this before. I think they tried to show you a little bit of what they wanted to do with this offense last year, and they just couldn't quite do it yet. So if you're going to go out, you have Devonta Smith, you have Goddard already, and you're going to go out and you're going to trade capital to get A.J. Brown, that's telling me that this is not a team that wants to be the number one rushing offense in the league and that they want to start throwing the ball a lot more, right? So I, I'm not going to say they're going to be the number one passing team, but when I can get A.J. Brown in the third or Devonta Smith in the seventh, Jalen Hurts in the eighth, ninth, Goddard in the ninth, they're one of the easiest teams to stack. And I think they can be a top five offense in the league this year. And I think that's what they want to do is run through the passing game. And I know you love Miles Sanders, and I don't hate that play either. So, like, I don't mind stacking Sanders as well. And, oh, by the way, I love Kenneth Gainwell. If I'm not yeah. grabbing Sanders, I'm grabbing Gainwell in some of these drafts. So. I almost don't even try to do it, and I'm stacking the Eagles in one out of every three drafts probably at this moment. They're, they're definitely in the upper tier for me. The only thing that um, doesn't put me specifically in giving stacks, give me that. However, I am totally fine with us putting them there. Is we talked about the Saints and how the Saints want to play, and that's who they play in Week 17, which was a really huge bummer. Like, yeah, that's that's I know we valid. I know we can't predict that kind of said it before, you know, it's week 17 and we're it's, you know, the beginning of June about to be the beginning of June. So who knows what the Saints defense will look like injuries happen and such, but it's typically not, not something we're really excited about. And particularly not with someone like Jalen hurts. Like even if he takes a leap as a passer, he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes this year. So that, that that like I was I was ready to literally be all in. Dallas Goddard was my favorite tight end. Miles Sanders was my favorite like at cost. Yeah, like like all the Eagles were my guys. Um, and so it's a little bit of a bummer, but I'm totally fine putting them in the top top well, two. My, I don't have anything negative really to say about them. Well, my little caveat with them is I'm mostly skinny stacking them, and I've I've explained this before. So, like, when I say give me stacks or give me death, it's like I'm grabbing A.J. Brown and then I'm grabbing Hurts and I'm done with him yeah. for the most part. I'm barely ever double stacking him because the way I look at it, to your point, if it's week 17, they're playing the Saints, the way Jalen Hurts wins it for me is he's probably going to throw two touchdowns, run and for like two run touchdowns, two. Yep. and the two are going to – and I'm looking for the two to go to A.J. Brown or I'm looking for the two to go to Devonta Smith. Or, and I just think his – the fact that he's going down to the seventh round, uh, it's not like like Devonta Smith is not going to be forgotten about on this offense. We no. saw him start to emerge last year. So, no, I like all the running backs too. You can even, if you want to get crazy, uh, Jacob Sanderson was in the Discord talking about 
Boston Scott is a fine 18th round right. pick. Right. You know, they have a lot of great options. So I love all the Eagles. Basically, really quick, I just want to hit, I missed Lundar's question. Um, sure. And I was kind of curious. And it, for me, this is like, if you had to make me a bet on this, I'm betting Desmond Ritter as the yeah. starting quarterback for the Falcons in week 17. I'm actually sure I, if I were setting the line, I don't know. I'm not an odds maker, but they're going to suck. Like they're going to really suck. Like as a real life football team. So like what incentive do they have to play Marcus Mariota late in the year? I, I, I feel really confident that it's Ritter late, but I mean, that doesn't mean I want Ritter, but it just mainly means I don't want Mariota. Right. And if you, so just to put a bow on that is if you think Mariota is going to be the starter in week 17, you need to go place a future bet that the Atlanta Falcons are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, well, what's their win total? Their win total right. is like four and a half or something yeah. like that. Bet if he's starting in week 17, you don't even need to draft him. Just go take out a second mortgage and bet over <laughs> four and a half because yeah. you're going to win a shitload of money. Cause if he's still starting, then they're like in playoff contention. Okay. Um, David, I'm not going to try to say your last name, something. So stacking A.J. Brown and Hurts is tough unless you're willing to reach. Been trying like mad and hasn't happened yet. I disagree completely on this. Uh, what It depends what you're considering reaching because Brown's falling to the third sometimes. And if I can get Brown at the late second, I don't consider it a reach because I think that's where I have him valued. Mm-hmm. So it matters on where you have somebody valued, right? If you're, if you're saying reaching, I mean – we've talked about the quarterback value already being above the market was la- above what the market was last year. So Hertz is where he's supposed to be based on the way the quarterback market has changed this year. Right. So I don't think you're reaching on Hertz either. So I have a ton of AJ Brown and Hertz because I'm drafting them almost at cost or a little above cost. And I don't consider that, but I don't consider that a reach. So I guess it's your mentality towards the players more so than anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So right, how- Cowboys is me. Yeah, you. I, I think you mentioned that uh, you had some interesting takes on the Cowboys, so I'm I'm curious to hear. I, I I'm legit concerned about the Cowboys. Yeah, this year, um, you have an offense that we've been excited for. Clearly, last year they were one of like the memes. You know, Cardinals yeah. and Cowboys played. I think anyone that even like remotely played best ball last year probably knew that Cowboys and Cardinals played in Week 17. As a matter of fact. Uh, shout out Peter Overset and I's team that made best ball mania. Like our, our team was main, a main, like it was a DAC CD Gallup stack with James Connor and Rondale Moore. It's like, we stacked that game purposefully. They did nothing to improve their offense. All they actively did was make their offense worse. And what we saw last year was their defense was so much like we thought that their defense would be bad and it was so much better. I mean, Micah Parsons, just like almost himself made yeah. their entire defense just so much better. And I think that they're going to like kind of continue to ride that. Not that they're not going to try to score, of course, but like, I think they're going to be more of this, like um, maybe what someone would perceive like the Vikings to be just like a, good offense but like no one says the vikings offense stinks of course but no one is like oh yeah that's that's their world beaters i think that's kind of more of where the cowboys are like shout i got i still believe in cd i'm not gonna have zero cd um i like dalton schultz fine pollard i think is still a really good target but i just think in general 
they're kind of like not a very attractive team to target in, in drafts. And I have to do my week 17 thing and they play the Titans. Can you think of a more boring game than Ezekiel Elliott and, <laughs> and, and Derek Henry running into the back of their offensive yeah. lineman for two hours? Like, I, I don't know. It doesn't sound very fun to me. So it's like every five drafts. Cause I'm not going to avoid obviously Pollard, CD Schultz, whatever, but they're pretty, they're pretty fucking boring. And last year, if we would have done this, they would probably be in the top row. Right. Well, I'm scared about CD because his draft position, the top of the second round right now, just feels crazy. Yeah. Crazy high. So I don't have a ton of him. I Neither have I. taken him here and there, but it's like there's just so many guys around him that I'd rather have. So I'm I not don't saying- want zero, but do you agree? You don't want zero. Like there's a range right. of outcomes where their offense is really good and he gets like 180 targets or something right. like that. And like we would feel foolish, but. It is rich. It does feel rich. I, I just and I just don't understand how he's staying there. There's just guys behind him that I'm like, how are people That's just weird. not smashing him? Like he's one of the weirder guys to me in the drafts right now. Why does he uh, even go above Debo? Like why does he go above Debo? I, I I get regression and all that, maybe uncertainty with the contract stuff, but like D- Debo just averaged almost 20 yards a catch and proved to be just like a flat out superstar football player. Trey Lance, all Trey Lance does is unlock a ceiling that you know is is maybe they're less of a floor i don't know jimmy garoppolo is fucking terrible the floor can't be that much lower <laughs> right. like what's the difference and and like i know we have the concerns about will debo keep it up but yeah. like i don't know why why does a guy that just had 1400 receiving yards and a million touchdowns on an awesome offense why are we worried about him versus cd lamb who what what has cd shown us to to like at least we would usually see like Mark Andrews last year. We would see like okay, he just needs some more volume, and you're like, mm-hmm. it's we're gonna see what we saw last year. CD's like not even getting on the field, <laughs> like he's not even playing all the snaps. He's like a slot receiver, and so I don't know. I I like CD Lamb. I'm not like I said. I'm not gonna take zero of him, but it's weird. It, he, he's a weird bet to me. Yeah, and and as soon as you take him, it's like when you look at your team, you're like, I feel like, I feel like I missed a pick somewhere almost. Yep. Like, so yeah, so there, there's the whole CD thing. There's the Gallup injury thing. There's Schultz. I do like at his position at his cost. Like that's that's great. So Casey brings him up. I do like Schultz as well. And then my thing, I think I've probably brought this up before, but talking about teams and who they're playing for the Cowboys have the most unique position in the NFL. Their owner is their coach, (laughs) whether we like it or not. Jerry Jones is their coach and we've seen it play out time and time again. So we all love Pollard. I love Pollard more than I love Zeke, right? Jerry (laughs) Jones does not love Pollard more than he loves Zeke. No, Zeke is going to get the opportunity. He couldn't walk in a game last year. And they were they were carting him out there to run the football, like it, it blew my mind watching it. It's like it, because they knew that if Pollard had two games to himself, you couldn't go back to Zeke. And for whatever reason, this team refuses if it's money or whatever or ego. It could be ego that I just you know he wants to be right about something. And, you know, that's like this is like hand in the dirt, look behind the scenes type shit that I'm coming up with. But they are a different team than any other team as long as Jerry Jones is alive. 
And you have to kind of look at it in that aspect sometimes. So when Zeke was a mid-fifth round pick, I hated doing it, but I was taking him. He's creeped up to the beginning of the fourth round, and I'm not yeah. doing it as much anymore. Yeah. But I know they're going to try to run him. As long as he's able to get on that field, they're going to run him. So it kills – I and I want Pollard to be a thing, right? We all want Pollard to be a thing. But I don't know. They're a frustrating team, basically. So Extremely. I think we just spent – five or ten minutes talking about how <laughs> stupid this fucking team is and how frustrating yeah. they are like we all see what it could be and i like jalen tolbert i don't want i don't want to end this conversation without like i like jalen tolbert i'm obviously drafting tony pollard so they're in the every five drafts but i think i think it it's a frustrating situation it's really hard to project them to be like this awesome fantasy offense let, let me ask you this question and we'll wrap up with the Cowboys. Have you been in a draft yet? And you're like, Oh, I can't wait to stack Dak in this, in this team. Have you, have you said uh, that to yourself? I don't know if I've taken Dak. And that's the point. I don't know if I've taken Dak either. Not at this cost. I, I wh- why should I take Dak over Jalen hurts? Right. At the same ADP. Why should I take Dak over uh, Russell Wilson? Yeah. On the Broncos. Like, why would I, why would I do that? You know, and I obviously like Trey Lance. We don't, we'll, we'll get to that. But like, I, I, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Even like Stafford, Dak doesn't run anymore. Why would I take him over? He's a pocket passer on an mm-hmm. offense I'm not as excited for as even like the Rams or the Bucks, whatever. So like, I'm not very pro Brady and Stafford, but what's the difference between Dak throwing to Jalen Tolbert and James Washington? <laughs> And right. Matthew Stafford throwing to Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson or Tom right. Brady throwing to Mike. Like, you know, it yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and I forgot to mention with Tampa, Mike Evans is like one of my favorite second round picks right now. Um, but let's move on to I have one Dak share when he felt like 20 picks. Yeah, I mean, that's like the only way I'd be able to get him. Yeah. Let's go. Do I'm, I have to do the Giants or are you going to do the Giants? I'm supposed to do the Giants, but. Since this I want to hear your... no, I want to no, I want to hear your Giants take. Actually, you go first. I mean, I'm still down on them. I like Saquon. I like Saquon mm-hmm. in the third. But here's an epiphany I had with Saquon today. A lot of the times that I'm taking Saquon, I'm building one of my hyper fragile teams, right? right. Where you and everybody my... else. If this is my two... point. He <laughs> is... So now I was thinking about it today. I'm like, every single hyper fragile team. Has Saquon Saquon Barkley. Yeah. (laughs) And and I'm just like, this is, I can't do it anymore. So now I can't build that team anymore. So you either have, it's like, I wish I wrote down what it was. I had, I had it all in my head today, but it's like the same three guys, same. It's the same rotation of five to six guys for these hyper fragile teams. And I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I can't build these hyper fragile teams because everyone has them. So it's a dumb build right now when you're doing it with Saquon. Like the build itself isn't dumb, but if you're doing it this way, it's dumb because I, if I'm not the one doing it, I'm watching someone else do it in the draft. Right. Oh, look at this. I got Jonathan Taylor yep. and then I got Nick Chubb. And then I got Saquon Barkley. Absolutely. Those are the three perfect ones to bring up. Like, congratulations. You have the same team that every other hyper fragile. It was funny. A shout out. Uh, this is not a slight shout out to Hayden Winks from underdog posted some really good stuff. They had a show today that was talking about um, how some of the zero RB stuff, zero RB is very unique from a raw percent percentage perspective. Like 
three yep. percent of teams are zero running back or whatever. But you have so few combinations last year in particular. You had so few combinations because it was like we were drafting what Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. That was it. Like you only had a couple combinations of early round wide receivers to choose from. And so it ended up not being quite as unique from a combination perspective. But yeah. what we're seeing now this year is like, dude, we got infinite at Cooper cup, Jamar chase, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Devonte Adams, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. You mentioned Mike Evans, Tyree kill AJ Brown, whatever. We got a ton of wide receiver, non running back options early. Yeah. But if you want to do hyper fragile, you should you there's basically like two versions of it and the main one is like i got jonathan taylor or christian mccaffrey and then i get my my nick chubb and my saquon at the turn and saquon is like always include is like if i'm gonna draft saquon i want him to be like my anchor like i yes yes i took cup and t higgins and then give me Saquon as opposed to him in the hyper fragile because everyone is falling back on that. It's so true. It is like the least unique thing you could possibly do yeah. in, in drafts right now. A little, a little sidebar, um, real quick one. Hayden also posted a thing about the teams that were in the best ball finals last year, like a week ago or so. And it was like 86% of the teams in it drafted a running back in round six or before. And only like 14% were round seven or after. And I found it kind of interesting that you and Pete's team was one of them. And my team was one of them. We're not biased at all. <laughs> yeah. I was just looking at it. I'm like, oh, I wonder if we should bring that up. But yeah, so that was, <laughs> that was kind of fun. But just to get back to the Giants, I, I mean, I like Saquon. And I guess I'm taking Kenny Galladay around where he is because I think he has upside. So they're not a what are we doing, but they're a one-off every five drafts for me right now because I'm not taking Kadarius Tony. I understand his upside. I, I don't know. Something feels off with of that situation. If they're like shopping him to trade him at the beginning of the year, I, I what are we? What is going on there? I'm, maybe I'm over. Maybe I'm looking into it too much, but. He's only in his second year. You don't hear that happen yeah, with a guy, you know, so um, we're, so I know you're probably, you know, give me stacks or give me death on the Giants yeah. or something. Uh, I would de- easily classify them as stack, but don't go out of my way. I think they're the, the clearest. They've actually probably the clearest of any team I've had to try to classify <laughs> that we've gone through that it, it they fit that bucket just so easily um at worst they're one-off most drafts they just have guys in every range that fit um they have a week 17 game against the Col- like if you get jonathan taylor it's like through the rest of the draft you have options for the giants like all the way to like round 18 you didn't get saquon matt brita you want to back up you want to handcuff uh, matt brita you want darius slayton Wandale Robinson is one of my guys. I'm very big on, on him. If you're not, that's, that's totally fine. But just like all these rookies, we talked about like Sky Moore, right? (laughs) Sky Moore goes in the seventh round and Wandale Robinson goes in the 17th round. (laughs) Like that's crazy, you know? Um, So there's just a guy always for the giants and Daniel Jones is such an easy fallback option. Like a, 
I probably have way more Daniel Jones, Wandale Robinson sacks than I care to admit. They even have freaking tight ends that go undrafted. Ricky Seals Jones, if you prefer Ricky Seals Jones, I prefer Daniel Bellinger, but it doesn't really matter. They yeah. just have guys throughout the whole draft. Um, and I think, and I'm sort of bearing the lead in that obviously you get Brian Dayball in there. Um, they've made offensive line upgrades, they made weaponry upgrades. It's probably, it's the Giants. It's probably going to, spectacularly fail it's going to be a stone <laughs> disaster but there's reason to believe with a running quarterback and a new, and this coach who turned josh allen around that we should target it so there uh, i i think we should meet in the middle to one off most drafts on the Giants. I, I was gonna give him give you the stack but don't get out of my way because you're so passionate about the giants no put it, it put him in the middle we can put him in the middle all right so this leaves you with the commanders <sighs> which this Unfortunately, old logo for me here, but I was using the template it's that they fine. had. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> this, 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 this is will be quick. Oh, so well, well I, I guess actually, I will say, mm-hmm. I, I would have been. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. But um, I think Jahan Dotson puts them into a one-off every every five drafts, almost by himself. Um, I'm still gonna take some McLaurin. I don't think I've taken Antonio Gibson yet. Fucking RIP. Pour one out for that. Jesus. We're, so not even a year, we're not even a year removed from me just talking on every podcast about Antonio so Gibson. And now he's like going 80th overall and I still don't take him. Uh, so that, that really sucks. But I think Terry McLaurin is still a very reasonable target in the fourth, fifth round. And Jahan Dotson is the guy who went as a – a first round wide receiver that the market just decided, Nope, we like sky more. We like these other guys. And he really didn't go any later. He obviously went way before sky more did, but he goes in the David bell range. And I like David bell too, but Jahan Dotson got like premium, premium draft capital and has no target competition other than Terry McLaurin basically. And so um i'm sort of making him a priority we are also already getting crazy camp hype in like the first two days about john dotson and so um they're they're every five drafts for me between basically mclaurin dotson maybe if gibson starts getting into the hundreds or something brian robinson i think is a totally reasonable target and if 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 you need a late quarterback I think Wentz is fine. I, th- I, I, th- I think Wentz is yeah, fine. So. That's, that's where I was going to go with this. Like, For me, Washington is my quote fingers here, everyone. Quote favorite. My favorite oh shit stack. Where I'm like, towards the end of a draft, I'm like, oh shit. I got to figure out a stack here. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I didn't make it, Casey. All right. <laughs> not even going to read your comment. That the, and by the way, I listened to Overzet stream today. You're the guy that's sending people random fifty dollar Venmo requests. So I don't want to. Easy is. Yeah, he sent Overzet a fifty dollar Venmo request over the weekend for, for no what? reason. No one knows. That's. I'm gonna guy. try. I should try that. <laughs> so, just get. I'll just back. put it. I'll put it on. I'll put the description to Pete like a BBM. Yeah, uh, you know, this is you owe me for a BBM. He's like, we haven't done a stream yet together. I'm like, it's fine. Uh, just accept the request. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Just you know, it's coming. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like when I'm when I'm in a draft and I'm like, and this has only happened a few times, and I only have one quarterback, maybe one tight end, or 
or whatever. I'm like, oh shit, I need to find a stack. And I see Wentz. I'm like, I guess I'm going to do Logan Thomas slash Carson Wentz for the backdoor stack. And uh, yeah, so like I'm, I'm one off every five drafts for them for every other reason yep. that you said. And yep. I don't think we need to go further than that. I think that, that, that they're easy for that in that bucket. Exactly. Okay. And I do like Dotson as well. Um, Seattle. I have to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. I, I guess. I guess there. What are we doing? Yeah. The only the only caveat with that, oh, and I, I hate saying it because I'm not a big fan of them to begin with, is you're getting Tyler Lockett real late now. <laughs> yeah, and it's like. And it's like the biggest trap I've ever seen in my life, too. It's a huge trap. Right? Only, and I, only you and Leone are going to fall for this trap. I, I've only fallen for it once or twice so far. And and as I do it, I'm like, trap, and press the button to draft them. I'm like, what a mistake. I won't be doing it in BBM anymore. I might okay. do it in the puppy here and there. But um, I'm literally yeah. sharing this because... Uh, I'm hoping to ratio Leone. So if you're watching this, um, <laughs> just go look. But Leone said, I don't know how much I want to, how much Tyler Lockett I'd want to draft, but it's hard to fathom the market gap between Metcalf's ADP, which I mean, he, he's not necessarily wrong, right? Right. Metcalf goes as wide receiver 19, Lockett goes as wide receiver 42. And I said, interesting to, to see you land on the side of the receiver <laughs> who will turn 30 at the start of the season, not, you know, the mutant 23 year old or whatever <laughs> DK, you know, DK Metcalf. So uh, anyway, back to the actual point of this, but uh, that's my basic general stance on the two. Yeah. So there, there, what are we doing here? There's players. We want to be good on that team. We want DK Metcalf to be good. We want Noah Fant to be good, but to go back to the coaching staff thing, we know what the Seattle Seahawks are going to do. And that's be terrible because that's what they do under Pete Carroll. Wow, yeah. yeah. is be terrible, and uh, so they're they're honestly they're what are we doing? And I don't know how else to say anything else. Nope. Oh, thank God you got San Francisco. Yes, it lined up perfectly. This you thought I was going to give you these. Look at these motherfuckers. Yes, wrestle. Let, let me just show you what I have going on. When it's straight, yeah, this is the opposite. <laughs> hey, yeah, look at them. Do you see this? <laughs> They're like, oh, now we're being now we're being watched. So um, I will obviously put the board back on the uh, screen here. The 49ers are the clearest give me sacks or give me death team on this entire board. Oh my god. If you if you don't have them and give me stacks or give me death, you should quit playing best ball. That's the problem. This is this is true. The dogs are telling you as well. No, the dogs are telling you you're wrong. This is all planned that they were gonna lose their shit. Yeah. Hold on. Hey, hey. This is the one the one time they know their father's wrong. Yeah. For two seconds, can you stop? They're trying to save their father in the background. But you you have the elite weaponry. And other than Debo, you're getting discounts on everyone. You're getting discounts on everyone on the entire offense. And a quarterback who 
I don't give a shit if he stinks, but he elevates the ceiling of the entire offense because guess what? He can actually throw the ball outside the numbers and he can throw the ball further than 25 yards down the field. I could throw the ball as far as Jimmy G has for the last multiple years. Trey Lance can throw the ball. You know, what's the, there was a, a the old Mike Vick commercial where he threw it and it went like, you know, like two miles or whatever yeah. uh, Nike commercial. That's literally like Trey Lance's arm. And he unlocks an upside of this offense that like doesn't exist. And uh, okay. Hey, shh. we're trying to talk about Trey Lance. Hush. Yeah. That's why they're upset. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they, they said, you mentioned that Jimmy Garoppolo guy's name. And I know that that's when we're supposed to act like shitheads. Um, anyway, uh, Ayuk really turned it on down the stretch. I, I do actually want to be serious for like two seconds. If, mm-hmm. if you actually, honestly, if you don't want to draft Trey Lance at his cost, I really, that's fine. I, I, I think his upside is so crazy at this cost that you should, but if you don't want to draft him or even Debo Kittle's going in like the fifth round now. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy to me. I have so and Brandon, much Kittle. And Brandon Ayuk, turned it on down this once he got out of the doghouse he was actually like a top 15 wide receiver for like the last two months of the season and so between that and um i really like Tyrion and davis price as like uh uh yeah kind of handcuff. Yeah. yeah but like i think he's more than a handcuff i think he's going to get on the field right away to start mm-hmm. And so I just think there's a lot of appealing things about this offense. Obviously, I am giving stacks or give me death, but I think we should be targeting them, period, even if you don't like Trey Lance. I'm going to be serious about the 49ers this one time, and I'm not hold on, doing Hold on, hold on. This is the real – I didn't even mention my guy Danny Gray. 18th <laughs> round. 18th round. Danny Gray is going to be the third wide receiver for the 49ers. They drafted him in the third round. He's a mm-hmm. burner. Like, they've been looking for this – type of a of a guy and um he makes for an awesome just just you know i'm not drafting danny gray honestly really without trey lance but uh you get two of those deshaun jackson-esque danny gray uh long dongs in week 17 and uh just enjoy your two milli all right so i am going to be serious about the san francisco 49ers this one time and this one time only everything you just said is pretty much correct Kittle in the fifth round is a ridiculous value. He's probably my favorite tight end right now, just based on where he's going. Ayuk is a great value. I don't even hate Debo, like for reasons we talked about before we brought the San Francisco 49ers up. And, oh my God, to say it. But when you get to Trey Lance, where he's getting drafted, A, he's a tear break for me, because I think it goes from Trey Lance, and, it's, uh, and then it's usually like that Kirk Cousins, like, weird little area there so you can get trey lance in like the ninth round right now so if you get kittle and i and i'm going back to skinny stacks with trey lance personally so kittle lance makes sense Ayuk lance makes sense everything with lance right now (sighs) makes sense and i hate it but yeah it's 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 the right play right now and it hurts my soul and, and you always have back to the the danny gray backdoor option if like something if and like but it, it really does make sense like and even yeah. if you don't want to take danny gray trey lance is the archetype that like honestly if you don't have one of those guys 
having naked Trey Lance in our portfolio is fine. It's it's totally fine. His ceiling is unlocked with his rushing. Obviously, you need him to be a good passer, but his upside is it's Lamar. It's rookie Lamar. Yeah, like that's what we're talking about. Well, second year Lamar. You know, MVP Lamar season is the ceiling. All right, so I'm not going to do that again this year. But and now we're on to the clip that clip that off. <laughs> now we're going to the Arizona Cardinals and I've been back and forth on them a little bit. I I've never been a big James Conner guy. I, obviously I was wrong about him last year. He proved it. I think a lot of people were wrong about him mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of question marks around this team. Like what is Rondell Moore? What are we going to get with Kyler when he's trying to almost get a foot out the door we got DeAndre Hopkins on the six-game suspension. People are overdrafting Hollywood Brown at the beginning of the fourth round now. And I'm still drafting Cardinals, though, because now I love where Hopkins is going because we're playing, like you you say, we're playing for the playoffs. We're playing for Week 17. And, yeah, it sucks that you're not going to have Hopkins Weeks 1 through 6, but if you're building your team properly, a lot of the teams that I have Hopkins on, he's my fourth or fifth wide receiver in general, mostly my fourth. So I already have the value over him with my other three wide receivers. And when he comes back, I should just be like rocket ships at the wide receiver position usually. So, and if you're building a separate way, if you are building one of these hyper-fragile teams, yeah, you got to find a way to tread water for a while, but now you've got a hyper-fragile team with wide receiver X, whoever it is, and then Hopkins as your number two in general. So, I'm stacked, but don't go out of my way because I still love Kyler. I mean, even if he's not going to be in Arizona anymore, he still needs to play football and show that he's a top five quarterback in the league to move anywhere. But I, but I am a little, I do have a little bit of reservations with them. They're really interesting. The nuke thing is a, is an issue because it boosted Hollywood's ADP in such a way that it made them a really tough stack actually, yep. because you, you, you have their wide receiver, one, a one B, whatever you want to call it with nuke versus Hollywood, like coming back in six weeks. And like, how do you, how do you figure that whole thing out? You know, I really like Hollywood and I think, he is a pretty awesome target, but the steam has gotten yeah, pretty crazy. I mean, the, mid to late third round now on, on Hollywood Brown is, is tough. And so I've taken still a bunch of him mostly because I think the entire market is inefficient. So I'm willing to like go maybe a little bit over the top for a guy on an offense that I want to take. And Again, for the millionth time, week 17, this is a game I'm really excited for. Um, I think both defenses are really going to stink, and I think Arizona is going to have a really awesome offense. We talked about pits and such. And so give me um, Hollywood. I'm still taking Connor. Um, Give me Daryl Williams. Give me Rondale. Nuke, I, I am curious about your takes on Hopkins. How are you like, cause I want this team mm-hmm. and I want these stacks, but I've been really, really struggling to 
make it work like in practice in drafts because like Hopkins still doesn't go at a cost that like I really love. You mentioned how like I like I have more Hollywood than I probably should at this cost, but Hopkins, how are you handling him uh, given his current ADP? It, it really depends on your build, I think. So for me, if I'm building where I'm going with sort of almost like a zero RB approach, and I'm just trying to get strong at every other position, and I'm sort of punting off the running back spot a little bit. So if I'm going in the first five to six rounds, I'm getting three or four wide receivers. I'm getting, I can be getting Kyler Murray in the fifth, and then I'm getting, you know, Waller in the fourth, let's say, just throwing that out there, or even if you wanted to go pits. So if you're going wide receiver, wide receiver pits, you know, you know, like something like this, some a zero RB build mostly. Hopkins is your fourth wideout. And it it sucks because he's gone for six games. But like I said, once he comes back, that team is is wheels up at that position. Yeah. And you're you're absolutely loaded. And you can still get great guys behind him. And you only need to draft, you know, that's one of the ones where you can do a seven wide receiver draft. You're probably still drafting eight. But yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on your build. I don't think you ever want him to be, you don't really want him to be your first or second wide receiver off the board. No. Because you're just, you're giving up too much at that point. But if you're going for one of those builds, I think I'm grabbing them almost every time if I can. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure that part out, but um, stack. Only because the nuances of the team are tough, but they're mm-hmm. a stack, but don't go out of my way. I'm very excited for this team. Yeah. I think the addition of Hollywood is like super underrated. Like that's what they've been. He's literally what they've been missing. And honestly, this is the best thing for him too to go get in this offense as opposed to the Ravens. Here, here's a, here's an exercise for you. The next time you go to do a puppy and it makes sense for you to do a zero RB build. Make it try to make it a point to do a Kyler Hopkins stack and see how you like it. You know, like don't go crazy for it. Don't, yeah. But it, when you're building a zero RB team, try to make that stack and see how you feel about that team. I like it. Um, also, shower narrative. Yep. As best ball moderate says. And They're like we, the same size, too. So yeah. that's, it's that, does that have anything to do in this? Like if one guy in the shower is like six, four, the other one is like five, nine, I feel like it doesn't work as well. Yeah. But, but if, they're both know, they're eye level. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're like tiny. They're like smaller than both you and I. So like and, it works really well in the shower. And they're only taking the shower together because one has to stand on the other shoulders to turn the water. Exactly. On. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So now we are going to end with um, the Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams, not the St. Louis Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. So, I mean, this is... Is it me or you? I don't remember. It is you. Ooh, good question. So, Cooper, my biggest issue with the Rams is that I actually don't have a ton of any Ram other than I know I want Cooper Cup. Yeah. And so it's like Allen Robinson is fine. I actually don't, I'm not really taking Cam Akers, but if you wanted to make a case for Cam Akers, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Daryl Henderson is in a tier 
of all the other handcuff running backs, right? He's in the same tier as Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White, who we talked about. Um, he's in this tier of all those other handcuff backs, and I like him. I'm, I'm actually taking quite a bit of Daryl Henderson, but they're an offense I know is going to be awesome again. And like, I'm excited for their, for their offense, but like, I don't really take Van Jefferson. Um, you know, I'm certainly not taking Kyron Williams. And so it's like, I don't know. I don't really take Cam Akers. So it's like, if I don't get a top three pick, I'm not getting Cooper cup. And then like I sprinkle in Allen Robinson and I take Daryl Henderson. So what is that every five drafts? And like, I don't know. You just take the Rams when it, when it makes sense. Cause you know, they're an elite offense, but their best asset is a top two pick. Right. And it makes it tough. And the other guy, I don't think you mentioned is Tyler Higby. He, and it goes exactly to your point. I take Higby when it makes sense. Mm. So like, I'm not going yeah. out of my way to make, to take Higby, but the few Stafford teams I've had, which are generally cup it's, I'm double stacking because Stafford's a quarterback. I do want to double stack. Mm -hmm. So I do have a lot of, not a lot, but when I'm taking Stafford, it's cup Stafford, Higby just to have a double stack with them. But I like Henderson in the 14th. I think, I think Henderson's a great pick in that range. We saw what he can do when he has the volume. So if I can get him that late in a draft, why wouldn't I be taking him there? So you also saw him. One game sample, but Akers being back and in the Super Bowl, Henderson took all the pass game work yep. from Akers. And so, like, does that mean anything? I don't know. Probably not. But it's at least like a a morsel of, of something to latch onto from he's not necessarily just like Rashad White where you're like, you need Lenny to get hurt for Rashad yep. White to be something. It's possible Henderson can have some standalone value. So for me, they're stacked, but don't go out of my way. Like I'm, I'm not over actively trying to do it, but this is who I was going to bring up is Tutu. And if you, if you want to take, you know, if I'm touting Danny Gray, I have to tout Tutu in the same, in the same light. But um, I talked about this with Davis. So how, how, how gal-brained are you willing to get like on these offenses with this kind of thing? This team traded up right to go get this kid in the second round last year, he obviously basically just redshirted last year for, for the Rams. He uh, weighs about as much as one of my dogs is <laughs> he'll blow away in a very strong wind, but he was like crazy productive at Louisville. Like if you, if you ignored the fact that he's five, eight, 130 pounds, you would think this dude was a superstar prospect. He was unreal. And then he got second round draft capital. Now we're just like out on him because they have three wide receivers that go in front of him. But we take other teams fourth. I, I just talked about Wandale Robinson. He might be the fourth wide receiver on the fucking Giants. And yeah. I'm drafting him and I won't draft the fourth wide receiver on the Rams. And so yeah. I do think these these little, you know, it's we're, we're, we're talking about over 150. I'll take Tutu a handful of times. But I do think it's at least we should bring it up. I agree. And there's sometimes it depends on your team again, which, you know, like it's kind of like a get out of jail free card to say, but realistically there's teams sometimes where once I've drafted 16 players, I'm like, this is exactly the type of roster I wanted. And then I feel like my 17th and 18th round picks are luxury picks 
for the most part, you know, shout out to, to Pete again. That's what he calls them. But when I have those luxury picks, I should really be making them luxury picks. They should be a guy off the board, like two, two at, well, I do it sometimes. I, like I get real crazy and I'll grab Huntley as an 18th round pick yeah. just to, just to be different. Huntley comes in and he's in the playoffs as the quarterback. What is my edge on the field going to be? Right. If a team gets through, it's like crazy. So yeah, we need to, I think that's something we need to dive into more at some point is also like, to, yeah, we should do a show. Way. We should do a show on how to effectively approach the luxury 18th round pick. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't, I definitely don't have all the right answers, but it's something I spend. <laughs> Jesus, what a sad life I have. Something I spend way too much time. <laughs> Um, probably thinking about but like like you said think about the rams crush you cooper cup is the guy you need to have right matthew stafford mm-hmm. is the guy you need to have going into the championship and tutu is playing as the third wide receiver and he puts up a deshaun jackson three for 120 and two in yep. the right it's like you know we're talking about crazy lottery odds here, but like it's that that's something like, but you should build it on, as you said, a team that makes sense for it. Yeah. I put him on that team for that scenario, as opposed to, you know, I like, I like Zay Jones or Valus Jones or Danny Gray yeah. or whatever. Don't take those guys take Tutu on that, on that team. And so I think it's, I think it's a worthwhile thing to think about. Yeah. So where are we going to put them? Stack, but don't go out of my Ooh. way. I think I said one off most drafts or every five. What? Well, uh, just because they're weird. It's a weird. They thing. are weird. They're hard to, to get. I mean, it's like you're not you're not upset if you're stacked on the Rams. Obviously, no. it's just how do you get there? Sometimes. So, yeah, and, and I also think they're one of those weird like if you have. A RAM stack, it's like the same RAM stack that everybody has. That's the problem. Everybody does yeah. the same shit. You take Cup, yep. and then you take A-Rob in the fifth, and then you take yeah. Stafford in the eighth or whatever, and it's like, congratulations, you have the same team that everybody – same to your uh, point about uh, the hyper-fragile and robust teams. Right. It's like uh, everybody has the same ones of those. So that's where the Tutu or Higby – Higby makes sense. Even Van Jefferson, I guess, they can – makes sense on ram sex yeah well i think we've wasted everybody else's time yeah stacking these this was mostly just helpful for me to to hear you talk about some of these themes and like for us to talk through it this was uh thank you guys for watching but you just uh this was a research process uh hour and a half or hour and 45 minutes for me (laughs) yeah but i think that's the great thing about doing these shows like it helped us in february because we just talked through every team so now that the rosters have changed so much, we've talked about it again. And then when we do this in August, it's like, okay, now we're talking through all the injuries, all the other stuff that's happened. You know, June 1st is tomorrow. That's when, like, some more stuff could happen. Like, some cuts. teams might be different. Yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. be some different cuts. So it's going to change again. But while you're drafting, you need to be up to date with the teams. And I think it's a great thing to do three times. I totally, totally agree. Thank you, Lundar, for the uh... – for, for the feedback anything else that um am i missing am i missing anything obviously we, we talked about the uh royal rumble at the top i don't have i don't have we'll, we'll have more on that but i don't have anything else uh 
other than the regular. We're getting back to the um, – if, if you're watching this, we didn't have a draft – there we go. We didn't have a draft stream. Didn't have a draft stream yesterday because it was a holiday. But um, regular show schedule is back. Um, Best Ball Bros tomorrow. Um, theory on Thursday. Draft stream on Friday. And we'll get back into the groove and a lot more on the Royal Rumble as you guys – that's freaking a three hundred dollar championship belt that is spray painted. <laughs> so we do. We spray paint. We spray paint. That's titles. so good. That's it. Looks really good though. You did a really. You did a really good job. I, I may have a um, friend that's a painter, and I made sure that I wasn't the one that spray painted it. So smart, smart yes. man. Anyways, right. that, it's, your, it's your show. It's your show. I, I didn't mean to take over. You can sign us off. No, you're fine. That's that's going to do it for this week on Spike Week. Uh, Eric's going to join us again next week, and we are going to do the AFC teams. Uh, we'll probably jump right into it so it doesn't go an hour and 40 minutes again. And uh, But until then, I do. <laughs>